Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Hey guys, welcome back to part two with Daryl. I know we kind of left you guys hanging uh, last episode. Uh, some absolutely fascinating stuff. Um, and we're just really getting started. This is, uh, we're, we're so grateful to have you uh, coming forward, Daryl, and doing this and sharing all this information. Um, you got into a lot of stuff I wasn't even expecting. So uh, before we jump into your testimony, uh, when we finished up last time, you had uh, pulled us something off camera. I was wondering if you wanted to share this guy who was um, telling you all this stuff. He he shared something with you about Steven Spielberg. and Yeah, he talked about uh, Heather O'Rourke. And he talked about how um, Steven Spielberg and uh, what, what's that guy's name? Uh, the Fonz. Oh. The Fonz? Yeah. Oh, Henry Winkler? Henry Winkler, yeah, him and him and uh, Henry Winkler and a couple movie producers, they uh, killed uh, Heather O'Rourke, and it was uh, uh, some sort of like uh, uh, they raped her to death, and that's how she got the, uh, you know, her uh, uh, intestines ruptured, and I think she died from what is that septic shock when you die from a, uh, you know, uh, feces going into your bloodstream and everything else from your your intestines rupturing. And. Wow. Well, that's that's one way to start off an episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I just thought that was an important. Point. He he wanted to bring that up, and it's just how how corrupt and just how bad like Hollywood is. Like it's not good. There's and, literally, uh, literally like a handful. Of, you can count on one hand how many decent people there are in Hollywood. So wow. Um, who's? Can you explain who this girl is for people who don't know, who might not know? Oh, she's the you know they're here girl from the old poltergeist movies mm -hmm. she was like a you know platinum blonde blue-eyed girl mm -hmm. she just died like out of the blue like and it was just she had a fever and it was it you could tell it was like a cover-up you could just tell i don't know it was the yeah. way they handled it and everything else wow um well sorry guys for jumping into that right off the bat like <laughs> that uh but this is this information has got to surface at some point right um so Let's get into your actual time in the programs. So you, uh, when you started getting your memories back, um, what happened? What were you doing during your 20 and back? Um, well, first I was on the moon for punishment for poking the reptile in the eye. And uh, there's something that they do to people who, uh, you know, if, if you wrong the wrong person, he even told me, Robert said they do this, um, you know, rape an admiral's daughter or hostilize one of their kids or 
something like that. And if you get caught doing it, they'll actually, and if they have access to the uh, space program, they'll actually put you in for 40 years of hard labor on the moon and they won't wipe your memories. And that's when he told me that like, you know, people that don't get their memories wiped that barely make it six months. He said they usually don't make it six months and it's like a punishment kind of thing. And that's why they had me there just for poking this thing in the eye. And I, he said, they're going to do that to you is what he told me. And uh, that same uh, German was there. And he was a first class petty officer, the one that said I should have you killed for what you did to my man. And he was just always just giving me a hard time on the moon. And uh, that's something else I should probably get out of the way that I'm not happy about is like, you know, that first class was a German, off world German. Um, there's a senior chief who was an off world German that had a mustache, skinny, skinny senior chief. The heavy set master chief of the base, who was third in command, he was an off world German. The doc, I think he was a lieutenant. The doctor of the base was an off-world German. The legal officer, who I think was a lieutenant, was an off-world German. And I remember saying to him, I was like, well, the Germans, are, I, I kind of remembered it. And I said, well, they're all like in really good shape. You know, like, like why are some of them fat, some skinny? I said, is it the tech in them? Because they have the tech in them. And I said, did they speed up and slow down their metabolisms? And he said, yes. And I, I, said, I, I, I said, why do they do that? And he shrugged his shoulders and he said, we can't have a bunch of Ubermen on base. He just said that. Like a bunch of like built dudes, like we can't just have a bunch of. I said, "Wow, talk about attention to detail." He said, "Yeah." It was just like a way to like keep them incognito. They would slow down their metabolism. They would speed them up, things like that, make them fat, make them skinny. And uh, anyways, yeah, that that German was there, and uh, they had shot collars on us. And uh, I just remember putting like drilling drill bits deeper and deeper. You know, like the big auger bits of like you, you see like uh, when they uh, for oil and stuff like mm -hmm. that where yeah. Rolling into the moon with those and uh they had like you know like a brothel on base i remember one time there were some germans and they said get those honey pots up there and that's what they called the women they women they called them honey pots not in the sense that they were there to like trap anybody but in the sense that they were there as like incentive to work that was like your only incentive to work was uh sex and then uh you know they would take the kids i guess if their scores weren't high enough iq or whatever and then that they would be you know the kids they would use for adrenochrome they would just send them right through that portal and they would through different portals and they would just put them on underground bases and cages and stuff like that after they, they got to like i don't know a certain age but uh Jesus. i remember um when, when you're when you're new there's something it's called a density sickness where uh, everything gets gets all of a sudden you just see nothing but blurs and it's just like uh, high pitched like squeals and squeaks and you don't know what's happening and uh, you'll just come to and there'll be like some guy like holding you by the shoulder saying are you all right are you all right and you say yeah and it's okay you just got density sickness and then when you see it happen to other people it's just like they become like statues and I remember first time I saw another guy it happened to somebody said hold him and I grabbed his arm and I just to see and I like lift, lifted his arm up and down. He's like, don't do that. You're way too fast for him. He's like, you'll hurt him. And I'm like, oh, and the guy yeah. snapped out of it. But that happens for like the first month. Is that why they put you in that chair that brought you to, from third to fifth density? Yeah, they, you can't interact with ETs if, you, if you're not fifth density because the ETs that we work with and stuff, they're all, they're all fifth density beings. And if you're third density, you know, you can't interact with them. Your IQ goes up like a couple hundred points. You get much stronger. You get much faster. So it's almost like once you get bumpy, these things seem really off-world and amazing and everything else. But as soon as you get up to fifth density, you can just 
kill them like anything else. You know what I mean? They, they seem like godly and off-worldly and everything else, but it's, as soon as you get up to their level of density, they're not like that big of a deal anymore. Really? Mm, interesting. Yeah. So then and, you did uh, you did your slay your time as a slave on the moon and what the, what happened after that? Yeah, three months, and then uh, I remember the uh, Robert was there, the XO. He was like I said, he would just like kind of check up on me, and he said to another German, he he was talking to him, and then that German came up with like a box, and he kind of waved it over me or something, and he started chewing out the first class petty officer German. It got me stuck here in the first place. He was yelling at him in German. And then it, the guy called me over and I said, yes, sir. And he said, come over here. And they strapped me to a table. And uh, I remember there was like one of those tall white grays, like the really tall ones, like in a corner. And they call them drones, like the small little grays. They're kind of khaki. And they're basically just like, uh, you know, uh, like soulless machines. And they're not very smart, but you can program them to do something. They can do it like a machine. And, uh, he strapped me to it. They, they grabbed me by the arms. They strapped me to like this bed, like my forehead, my chest, everything else. And then I remember there was this guy uh, just in like a, a mask and, a, and a, a hood on. And he said, I'm, he showed a needle. He put a needle in my face. And it was like a turkey basting needle. And he said, I'm going to use this to put your brain implant. And I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> no. And mm -hmm. he just cracked it right through my skull. And I'm yelling. And then it flipped the table over. And they put like a spinal tap. And they injected something into my spine and they put threw me in a room for like a day. And then they took me out and they uh, hosed me down and they gave me a bunch of uniform clothes and they gave me a duffel bag to put it all in. They gave me clothes to put on. And then I went to this ship and I was in the dark fleet. It was like that fast. And then I was under uh, a woman who was a pilot and I was, um, she was teaching me to be a pilot. And I remember I put my, uh, when I got to the room, I had my guitar already there. I had like a classical guitar and the whole setup. It was, it was all ready for me. It was like I was an officer now, but in the dark fleet instead. And uh, I remember the... So the opposite of what you requested. Yeah, yeah. What I thought was going to happen. It was like the, the Germans just took me instead. And uh, so, but I had no memories of that. You know what I mean? They, they wipe your mind. It's like you, you're you're very naive. You're like a... I don't know. You're like a three-year-old that still knows how to speak and reason and everything. Else. Right, so you mean at this at this point in the programs, you had no memory of your conversation with your XO as far as no, agreeing. Like, they were telling you they were telling you stuff like you were leftover stuff from like a war or something like that. And the Earth didn't exist anymore. It, it was like having a regular job where like everybody told you different things, so it just confused you more. You know, so you really didn't know what to believe. And, like yeah, I, like I it is here on idea. Earth exactly huh? exactly like it is on earth here actually yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean yeah exactly seriously exactly. yeah so i i had my hand on the table one time and i had my uh, my uh my picking nails long and the first officer said you need to cut your nails and he, he was the first officer of this ship uh or not the first officer but the uh you know the first officer he was the xo of this ship i guess the second in command of this ship and i got to know that guy pretty well and he said, well, it, I said, I play classical guitar and I'd like, really like to keep on playing it, sir. And he said, how long have you been playing? And I said, uh, I don't know, like about a month. I, he said, how long do you think you play in front of a crowd? I said, probably two more months. He's like, well, you have another month. And uh, I started, so I started playing for them. Uh, I, I had like a bar on base. There was like a, a horseshoe bar and the women sat on the bar. And the men sat on like round tables on the, on the floor with four chairs each on the table and I was playing there. And I got popular and doing that. And, uh, I remember sometimes the warrior cast would come in of reptiles. They were 
the big ones like I saw, the first one that strapped me in, and they would just stand by the door and watch me play. And then eventually I got up to the point where I started playing for like the Royal cast. And uh, they were just like, like I said before, they look kind of like Skeksy. They were just like, the snouts weren't as long, but they were just shorter. And they were like really decrepit. And uh, there was that uh, part when I first joined the, the Dark Fleet where um, I, uh, we were, I guess they called him the master, the, the head reptile of the ship. and. Uh, he walked on and uh, they were all trembling. Everybody around me was like really shaking and trembling. I didn't know why I couldn't figure it out. And uh, I, I never saw one before. And I wasn't looking at it. I was just looking at the ground, but they were all just shaking, crying almost. And uh, he hit some, I think he pushed something on a belt or something. And it made me like fall to the ground and like start throwing up. Like it did something to my implant, I think. And then uh, the German came up and it walked away. And then the, the head German came up, um, the uh, captain of the ship. And uh, he started yelling at me in German. I didn't know what he was saying, but I could kind of tell he was pointing at the vomit and telling me to clean it up. So I went to go go somewhere to, to get it, to get something to clean it up with. And uh, he shocked me again and I fell on the ground. And so I just took my shirt off and I like sweeped it up with my, my shirt. And I just stood there at attention with my shirt in front of me. And I guess that was good enough. And he walked away. And uh, then like later on, I guess the next day, the, uh, oh, sorry about that. But uh, the, the next day, the, um, First officer. My dogs, my dogs hear that and they're barking now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Um, it's okay. The first officer got me and he said, "Come with me." And I came with him, and then uh, he took me into the back of the ship, and it got darker. You can always tell when you're going like where the reptiles were because they're, they're, it was the after the ship, and it got really dark. He took me into a room, and there was like a naked man sitting on a table, and uh, he had long hair like down to his face, down to his chin, and uh, he was just kind of like. Head, head drooped down he was looking at the ground and the german said get him and i grabbed him by the arm and he wouldn't go so i kind of pushed his hair out of the way to say like make eye contact say, come on we got to go and when he looked up at me it was me it was a clone of me it was exactly me wow and uh we both like recognized it, you get like this weird bond when you first see a clone where you just rec it's like you've seen a long lost twin for the first time and uh he just immediately jumped down it was like he trusted me and i grabbed him by the arm and i walked him out we walked right across the hall and we went into another room and it had like a bolted ceiling where you could see everything it was clear and you could see all the space and it was just like uh like nebulous clouds like pinks and purples and blues and greens and stuff and then uh it was a long table and the master was sitting like at the head of the table and there were three reptiles um in the like on the other side of the table like just looking at me and he grabbed the clone he said give me that and then he told the clone he said look at look at him and then he bit it, he bit his arm off. He just took it right off with his hand with his uh with his mouth. He just bit it right off. And the German put me like in a headlock so I couldn't do anything. And the Germans are uh, genetically augmented in the womb, so they're they're much stronger than any man. And um, he wow. just ate, ate ate his arm, and then uh, it was getting woozy, and he kind of slapped his face, and then uh, he uh um says look at him look at him and it, it looked at me and he just bit bit his throat out bit his throat out and he uh bled out and uh he was just holding him by the, by the back of the neck and i remember him like going limp like his eyes rolling back of his head and he went limp and then he just like it was almost like he enjoyed watching me more than he enjoyed eating this person he was just watching me the whole time just watching watching 
it was like he was feeding off my fear. Yeah, and of, then, uh, of course. I've heard that yeah. they, I mean, Johan said that like they'll eat the clones and they'll throw them in like a regen tank and eat them again. And mm-hmm. I, I was just, it's just insane how they do that if you think about it. <laughs> Real and, and having to witness that, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and he threw it behind him, and the, the other three just tore it apart, and they let me watch that for a while, and then the German took me back, and then that was that. And then I started working on Mars, um, and all the time, they kept on telling me stuff like, you know, when you get back after your 20 years, you know, they, they started telling me because they they started liking me. They, they start, I started getting, like, more pull with them and stuff. I became almost like a sergeant or a, or a, a chief almost. Where I started like breaking in like yeah, German recruits out of the academy and stuff like that, and uh, they would tell me like you know when you get back from your 20 years, you know they're gonna they're gonna torture you to death, they're gonna eat you alive. He's like you might not want to come back. So I kind of had like a mentality of this. I'd rather I guess I'd just rather die out there than be tortured to death with age. And so I just took a lot of risk, and they noticed that. And then. Uh, so when you were when you left the moon and joined Dark Fleet, was that um, on a, you just like got assigned to a ship or craft, uh, and then until you made it to Mars, or did you go straight to Mars? Ah, uh, we did mostly just missions on Mars over Mars. We hovered around Mars. Just oh, okay. Yeah, we were just sticking around Mars. You were on a ship. You were on a craft most of the time then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're on a craft most of the time. I think one time we we're allowed to go to the home world or something like that. And then uh, this is before anything else happened. And we had to stay in like almost like a gymnasium or something like that. Like they kind of locked us down. It was almost like a military thing. Like we're in, like we couldn't leave this room or something. It was, I remember something like that. But anyways, yeah, I was doing that. And there's like, I remember one time, the first time I went on the Mars, uh, the first officer, he was checking my gear and he said, uh, when you, uh, there's mantises. We were trying to catch mantises. They're really good at uh, genetics and things like that. And the reptiles, one of them for questioning. And uh, they said it, the mantises are very telepathic. And if they go into a cave, don't follow them because there's spiders in there. He said uh, three diameter, three meters in diameter. And he said they're about as smart as dogs, but the, uh, the mantises can control them. So I would just cloak every time I saw them. And uh, I remember I had like a brand new German with me. And the mantis ran into the cave and he went to go running at, and after him. And I, I said, stop. I, I told him to stop and he wouldn't stop. And uh, he, three came out, three spiders came out and he, he shot the first two and the third one got him. And it just kind of cut him in half. And uh, um, it made me jump back when I saw it. I didn't expect it. And it knew right away, like uh, where I was, they could pick up the vibrations. That's why it lives in caves because I don't think they spin webs. I think they just use the caves as like uh, their webs because there's so many sandstorms, so many smaller, there's a lot of like monitor lizards and stuff like that like, on Mars and stuff. So then there's sandstorms all the time. So they'll go in these caves and uh, yeah, it came right at me and I, sh- I shot it and it sounded like a wounded rabbit, like a screaming rabbit. And uh, yeah, that was a memory that I have. So it sounds like they just try to desensitize you as much as they can by by letting you witness all these events, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, I was in a dark fleet for a while, and they were going to give me a German citizenship. I know you kind of want a faster process, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, um, whatever is 
relevant if it's important to the, the story you know if it um go ahead yeah and share. i mean um i remember the reptiles were congratulating me i was really good i, I got just about anybody they told me to go get and uh and i don't think they ever did that and there was like a, a different kind of german he was almost like a general of some sort and uh sorry i'm gonna go put those out back <laughs> put the dogs out back but uh yeah he was like a general of sorts and he he took me back and he i remember the reptile said that uh i'll tell the ones back on earth to be easy on you like you know to not hurt you that badly when you get back and uh the one german they took me to, to a separate room and this he was like a general or an admiral or something a visitor and he said they're not going to be any easier on you they're going to they're going to torture to death. They're going to eat you alive and it'll take days. And I said, all right. And, uh, he said, uh, hmm. we looked up your record and, uh, you don't have any, uh, you don't have a wife or children. Your only living relatives are your mother and your, uh, your sister. We want you to join the dark fleet full time. And I said, uh, and I thought about it and, uh, I said, uh, I could, do that sir but i want something in return he's like well, what do you want and i said uh permission to speak freely and he said go ahead and i said uh are there uh i said are there horses on your world i remember i said that and he said i own two horses and i said i i like horses i think they're uh, beautiful animals and uh i said uh thought about it and i said well i want to be like you then and he said what do you mean you want to be an officer i said no i want to i want to be a german want to citizenship whatever you call it i want it i want uh i want to own land uh, I want to be able to have a German wife. I want to have German kids with her. And he said, you know, you'd be punished for saying that because you're not like a lot of, they, you hear that a lot in the dark fleet. You could be punished for that. And uh, I guess he thought about it and I guess he got through his people and it was approved. And I was allowed on the German homeworld after that. And it was like for only like five days, five, six days. Any idea where the homeworld is in space? No, it's very tropical though. It was a okay. beach and there were palm trees. It looked like a beach on earth right and there were palm trees yeah and yeah i, I met a, i met a woman there and i was gonna um ask her to marry her marry me and she said yeah and i remember the xo when i saw the xo he said uh he said they were gonna make you uh one of them the germans they're gonna make you one of them he's like they, they've never done that before and i i said uh he said what was it like he wanted to know what the german world looked like and i, I said you never been there before he said no they're really secretive and he, he's like been everywhere and uh i thought about it and i said it was like the 40s <laughs> he said what do you mean it was like i said men wear fedoras and suits and women wear dresses and pillbox hats and uh yeah it was just it was like the 40s it looked like the 40s they had like these conveyor belt kind of uh sidewalks where slower ones would go into a main one that went really fast so it was like a form of public transit so it was like the 40s of like really advanced high-tech public transit smart glass pads and stuff like that wow that's interesting did you mm -hmm um speak german I, I i spoke like broken german and i heard about implants or something like that but i remember it was one time there was like a constable i was with this uh woman and we we're in a market and i was trying to talk to the man uh, who, behind the booth and i was speaking like broken a german kind of sort of i only had a couple weeks to do like a crash course in it and uh i, I was teaching the uh first officer guitar and so in exchange, he started giving me German lessons on his free time. And, uh, 
uh, yeah, I was, uh, in a, I was talking to this guy in the market and these uh, German like constables, like police officers came up to me and said like, you know, why don't you speak fluent German? They said to me in like perfect English. Cause they all know English. Cause like I said, they're like infiltrators. They're like spies on earth. So I guess it's like one of the things that they do. They, they all have to learn English. But uh, yeah, and I, I showed him the paperwork I had and he looked at it and then they let me go. And so, yeah. And then eventually I had to go back. I had, we had dinner at the uh, first officer's house. I was pretty good friends with him by this time. And it was like old fashioned. It was like, I remember the kids ate in the kitchen in a separate table. Like they had a small kid's table. He had two sons and they ate, they ate like in a separate, like in the kitchen, in like a small table. And we, we were eating at the regular table. And uh, I, uh, the next day we, we had to take back off and uh, we went to, uh, it was almost like a space station, like a, like a United Nations kind of thing. And I still wasn't a German citizen yet, but I was like on my way up. And the uh, first, first officer said, uh, the people who were fighting, the ones who were fighting are, 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 are going to be here. So if they try to attack the master, he said they won't, but just in case, just be ready. You know, he basically told me. And uh, we went, we went off ship and uh, we went into this air, into this place. It was two clear walls, like a clear ceiling. And then the other two walls behind us were like, I don't know, five, six stories high. And it was just a bunch of like shops. It, a lot of trade went on here, a lot of meetings. It seemed like a place where maybe warring factions can go to talk peace and things like that. Like Not this, this wasn't on the German planet? No, no, this was like, we, we had to take back off on the ship. We left we left the German planet, and we had to okay. take back off. And uh, we... Uh, and then you ended up there, and what was yeah, that place? Yeah, here. And I had only seen, like, you know, Greys and the, the, the drones and the reptiles. I didn't know anything else. And we went, we went to this place and it was just everything you see on the walls of an Egyptian pyramid is like real. I saw like wow. dog humanoids, cat humanoids. I saw like green people. I saw, I saw blue people. I saw most of it was small. Most of it was only like a foot and a half. And it was like kind of scurrying around the taller ones. And it was like this unspoken rule where like taller beings walk very slow. So they wouldn't hurt or kick the uh, smaller ones walking around. It was just stuff everywhere. And I remember I saw one of those. It looked like one of the, what they say on the internet, called like an Andromeda, I think is what they call it, mm -hmm. with a big blue head. And like, yeah. it had black eyes and like people look like uh, swirling blue galaxies. And it had a small mouth and a small nose. And it looked up at me and smiled. It had like a pleasant smile. But the entire time in my head, I was like, you have to remember this. You have to remember this. Like, <laughs> yeah. They were always telling me I was going to get my mind wiped. And I was just like saying it over and over again. And it was a man and a woman came up and they were wearing like, you know, the blue suits and they were blonde hair, blue eyed. And the master came up, the head reptile and the male came up first and he, or no female came up first. It's kind of like how they negotiate. And uh, she kind of was being very nice and talkative and complimentary to him and stuff like that. And saying things like, uh, and they were speaking telepathically and they're saying things like, uh, she was saying, um, it was almost like they're talking about, I don't know, cargo or something like that. It was in, they said, uh, she said, you knew the cargo was us and you took it without permission and uh, you have to give, give the cargo back. And he said, surely you must realize that since we trained the cargo and invested so much time and energy into the cargo, then now the cargo, cargo rightfully belongs to us. Meaning you're, male, you're the cargo? 
I was a cargo, but it was like yeah. they were talking about me, so I they I wouldn't know, or they were just talking about me as if like I was a thing or something like that. Yeah, is almost what it seemed like. And uh, the man man came up and he had this smart glass pad and he showed all the articles of that he was infringing on, and he's like, if you don't, you know, return the cargo right now, it'll be considered an act of war. And so uh, reptile read like all of it took about a little while and then he just threw his hands up in the air and walked away and then the woman came up to me and she said out loud to me you're coming with us now and i looked at the uh first officer and he nodded his head and i said can i get my things and uh she said yes hurry and i grabbed my uh, guitar and all my music stuff and i went back out and i, I was with them now and i i because like i said i wasn't a german yet so i didn't have a lot of rights and i just had to do what i was told so and um you had tech in your body too where it was almost like a board kind of thing where you really didn't have kind of your own person your own self if you were in your room and you're i was playing guitar if i was sleeping it would leave you alone but it's you sometimes you'd get up in the middle of the night and just go do something and you wouldn't even know like what you were doing you were just kind of being led around but if you were like on your free time it kind of let you go but if as soon as like you were told to do something it it, it enforced it and made sure you did it wow wow yeah that's probably uh, what yeah. they're trying to put in us right now with these vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the magnets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I went with them, and it looked like a like a polished, like one of those Billy Meyer like flying saucers. It was like a polished metal flying saucer. And, uh, and what group of what group of race or what race was this? This was the Tigetans. The police. Okay. Yeah, they were, okay. I was going with them now, and uh, I. Uh, got put with them and he told me to go in the back of the ship i remember this part and uh i sat in the back and it looked like poured metal like it was just all one thing it was like no seams or rivets or folds or anything it looked like somebody had poured it into a mold there was like a long bench seat going all the way around it and uh they came out after a while and they were talking to each other and they she said something like he looks disturbed and he said uh wouldn't you be if you had to live with them and uh i looked over at them as soon as they said that and they both like looked at me and they do this weird thing where if something catches their attention, their eyes get really big mm -hmm. They looked at me and they like cocked their heads like towards each other, like the same time, like just eyes big and they just they cocked their head. And I looked away and it freaked me out. And the man, like he got up and he kneeled down in front of me and he said, can you hear what I'm saying to you telepathically? And I said, yes. And he said it again. Like I said, it's the thing they want you to make like a physical gesture the first time you, uh, you're making contact with them. And so I nodded my head and I said yes. And then they focused in on they you could do this thing where you could focus in on a, on an individual more and have like a private conversation. And they had a private conversation. And that happened. And I'm not droning on too long, am I? About no, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> so but, uh, I guess they were surprised that you had that ability to speak. Yeah, they didn't know I could do it. Yeah, they just looked at me. As soon as I looked over at them, they knew right away that I, I could hear what they were saying. And uh uh yeah and then i wound up and then i was in solar warden it turned out it was like uh, a joint task force between like earth and the Tigetan above earth and that's primarily what i did i was almost like space customs at first and then it went from that to like uh we were shooting down the craft of the uh grays and the uh reptiles and um i remember robert told me he said in the future if you start seeing activity like uh this is when i'm about to leave the navy if you if you uh see I see things like you know like meteorites with sparkles behind it gold sparks coming off of it or something like that and you 
or you see like several streaks all coming down with gold sparks coming and they say it's like an anomaly like northern lights or they say it's meteorites he said that's more than likely like us like shooting down their ships because they're scared he kept on saying that they're scared you know i said why are they lighting the fires they're scared why are they trying to escape they're scared you know why are they letting all these prisoners go they're scared he kept on saying that yeah. so they're all just trying mm-hmm. to leave right now like you're seeing a lot of this crazy stuff going on with all that with all these meteorites everywhere and stuff and he, he told me that more than likely it's their ships being shot down because they're just trying to leave this world so, but yeah that's primarily what i did so then you were with them for how long the rest of the time yeah okay. i went back i went back to their home world I, I don't remember names he told me when i was getting out and and uh I said, what was their names? Because I didn't remember any names, and I still don't remember any names except the ones he gave me. And he said that I remember, I, I said, I remember a woman. I remember leaving and like hugging people. And I said, I remember, because I can remember the beginning and I can remember the end, which is weird, but I couldn't remember what was in between. You know what I mean? At the time, I had, I had fairly good memory at the beginning and the end, but not in between. And uh, I said, I remember I, I was hugging a really tall woman and I kissed her or something like that with silver hair. And she was sitting down. He said, that was mother he called her and uh i I said well he said you had a son with her i I said i had sons he said you have dozens of sons and hundreds of daughters and i was like what (laughs) and uh, yeah and he he said well well, the one you love the most was named faru and so i wrote that yeah that's uh hugosia is in communication with doesn't look the same though i've seen the picture people emailed me pictures of her the redhead with the blue eyes she was blonde with blue eyes and their eyes are bigger than ours. This woman looked uh, more human. They don't look alien, but they do have like, their eyes are a fifth larger than ours, I would say. And I think, maybe, I remember she brushed her hair back and her forehead was a bit taller, I would say, than a right. So maybe their heads and their brains are a little bit larger than ours. So her forehead was a little bit taller and her eyes were a little bit bigger than a regular human woman, I would say. But yeah, her name was, he, that's what he said. So do you- do you think that's the same Swaru that Gozi is, that is talking to? Uh, well, he said there's no king, but there is. A, and he told me he used to play guitar for the king. And I said, what's the king's name? And he said, Plachacha. Plachacha. And uh, the, I, that, I, I watched yeah. that Cosmic for a little while, but then whenever they said there's no king, then I, I, I stopped watching it. I, I don't know. Uh, wow. just, uh, yeah. So I'm not even familiar with what you guys are, what you're talk, referring to. Uh, so Gozia, she has a pretty big YouTube channel. Um, she's from Spain, I think. She has like an accent, uh, really dark, like kind of black hair. She she doesn't channel, but she says she gets, she's somehow in communication with a Pleiadian, a Tegetan, she specifically says, named Swaru, and she relays the information on her YouTube channel. She might just have the details of the appearance wrong but it could be the same it could be i thought man i thought about that too and i also thought about is it a common name you know yeah. I, don't, I don't know I don't um know. But yeah I, I was shuffling around oh, yeah. with those ten thousand dollar like mahogany desk like you know the, the captain of the navy i was like he's like what are you looking for it's a paper and a pen and he gave me like a post-it note and i grabbed the pen and i was like writing all the names down and i remember i did like i said i studied them for like weeks after i got out in the you know, into uh, Virginia to process out, but I couldn't do it anymore. It was just driving me crazy. But uh, I don't so, remember. Huh? 
Sorry, I was going to ask when you're on these craft and on these planets, uh, what's the, the breathing situation like as far as oxygen? Mars, you can breathe, but you can't run or something like, you know, what I mean, it's only about, I think, 20 percent of the oxygen as there is on Earth. So you can walk and you can sit. But if you try to run, it'd be like trying to run on the Himalayan mountains, you'd like pass out. It wouldn't really? kill you, but you would pass out. Yeah. And there's like desert shrubs and stuff like that. You see like shrubs everywhere. Oh, and then as far as like on the craft, um, they just have their own atmosphere or what's that like? Yeah, it just felt like being like here, like in this room. It was just, you know, everything, of course, different. The, even the memories themselves different just because of fifth density. I remember the ship itself had like an artificial density and it was way too strong for me or something. Because I went, when I went to their home world, it felt so much calmer and better. And it just felt way too strong for me on the ship. And And what was the home world like? It was uh, like a temperate climate, except for they could re regulate it. It looked like the Rockies or like Norway or something, I guess you'd say. It was like granite mountains, lots of like pine trees, lots of rivers, lots of lakes, stuff like that. But they regulated the temperature so they didn't have like winter, they didn't have snow or whatever, you know, whenever they needed rain, they could make it rain. You know, it was just a completely regulated planet. They, they knew how to re regulate everything on. Interesting. So. It's, it seems to me when you're describing this stuff, it's like not too dissimilar from Earth, like any of these no, planets. It's yeah. all relative, I guess. You know, if, if, if they can breathe our atmosphere, then we must be able to breathe their atmosphere. It must be similar, you know. Everything has to be kind of similar. Yeah, it's just, uh, but whenever some of us think of alien planets, we think of something that we just wouldn't even recognize colors. Well, and I'm sure those are those yeah. exist as well. But just probably but... not within the program you were in, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so, they ate a lot of fish. I remember that. And, um, and what were you actually doing? Like you were living with them, but what were you doing? Were you working? Um, like what was your purpose? Well, I, on the ship, it was pilot. I was a pilot, and the guy I knew, the guy, the first guy I knew was uh, he was like the navigator, and uh, the woman Sparu, she was like the science officer. She was like she would like detect anomalies and stuff like that. If, if anything was like that, anything happened in space, that she could. She was a head scientist. And like I said, there was there, the ranking system. All I can remember is the ranking system. And it was a leader. And leader was a man and a woman. It was a, a warrior cast man and a woman. And they were both leader. And then there was mother. And she was like uh, she was like the midwife. And she was like the uh, school teacher, like the, the head school teacher. And then there was uh, elder. And they were married. Uh, mother and elder were together. And uh, he was like the, uh, the elder. He handled kind of like legalities or arguments if anything like that happened he would be the one to, to handle that he was like the judge almost now were they like compared to humans like he, us here in 3d um how advanced as far as their behavior um or did, or was there like a, a duality as far as a good and evil on their planet or is everything pretty peaceful everything is peaceful i remember just there, it was more of like a spiritual element, I guess you would say, especially with the women. I remember being with like the men and like we were contemplating like something that was uh, uh, going to war with the reptiles. And if you're with like three or four different people, or like two or three different people, you're, you're more of an individual. But if you're with like five or six, like a group more, you're kind of just almost it's bizarre. You're like swimming in each other's thoughts. You kind of almost forget like who, what you're thinking and what they're thinking. Especially if they're like 
just they're contemplating about what to do next in like a situation or something. They even tell you that when you get up to like fifth density is like your individualism, it becomes less, like you become more of a collective. And you really felt that amongst them. They were like much, much more of a collective. So there's no like secrets. There's no privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like telepaths, you can't like keep anything to yourself. Yeah. And that's how I wound up like becoming, uh, going with, a. I had a trial with Faru and the, and I had two, two, I believe. But yeah, it was because of that, because I, I just couldn't, you know, keep anything to myself or anything like that. And that's pretty much how it happened. What do you mean? She I knew mean, that she, she knew that you liked her? Yeah. Yeah. Like anything <laughs> I thought she immediately knew. Yeah. They immediately, there's no secret. It's weird. Yeah. You can't, you don't have no privacy or anything like that amongst them. And that's just how I wound up uh, being with her. And uh, uh, she told me when she was going to have the baby, she would change. And I really didn't know like what she meant. And uh, I thought that I just thought her behavior would change or something, but she became very, um, the baby was it, you know, that that was it. She was with the baby all the time that, you know, the, the baby, baby was hungry at eight. She slept with the baby. That was when she ate, was with the baby. She never talked to me. I thought something was wrong with her. I didn't know what was happening. And I tried to, after four months of this, I tried holding the baby and uh, she punched me in the face and knocked me down to the ground. And um, <laughs> wow. yeah, they're strong. And uh I remember I told uh, the co-pilot about it and he said, you need to talk to elder. So I talked to elder about it. And uh, he told me that like, that's like, they go through a, like a bonding process, like a 10 month bonding process. He said, you're lucky. He's like, she could have bitten your face. I said, that's something common that they do. And he said, yeah, you try to touch their babies and they're like that. And uh, he told me that uh, another woman was available. She just arrived at the ship. She was free. And I was just like, well, I don't want to, I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. And he's like, well, he said, that's just the way it is. That's like how he put it. And uh, I, I was with her then. And because what happens is the men rut for about two weeks, about every six months, they go into like, almost like a, like go into heat, like the male equivalent of going into heat. And uh, it's like, they have to be with like a woman. And uh, if the women are bonding like that, then they have to be with somebody else. So it's almost like, I don't know. Uh, what do you call that? Like uh, polygamy, or yeah. you know, yeah. it's like they're they're biologically hardware wired to be that way. Wow. Oh, interesting. It's just so. It, the most fascinating part to me is that when we think of a Pleiadian or a Tigetan, you know, if they showed up or manifested in your room, um, we put them above us. Like we like. It's just like we somebody like this benevolent, like, like an angel almost. Angelic, yeah, exactly. Kind of, and then you amazing. hear stories like this you, that you never even consider. You know, you, you don't consider any of that type of stuff whenever you, whenever I hear the Pleiadians mentioned, right? I just think of it as like a Pleiadian guide that's here to help me. I don't, I don't think about them uh, having sex or they're basically just like us. Yeah. They're just that they're in fifth density. And yeah, it's just but in a totally different way of life. Yeah, yeah. it's the higher density. Yeah, it's definitely the higher density is what it is. Yeah, like I said, they they, they appear to be like godlike to us or whatever but once you get to that, once you get pushed up to that higher density it's just, it's just all the same to you you're on the same level yeah yeah and uh yeah so i mean that happened and i don't know i just had a life and i um i went to their home world and i met i met the commanding officer any exo kept up with me but the commanding officer of my base was there too though the ceo the skipper and he was there too. So they were both kind of keeping tabs on me on this home world. They were like visitors 
course kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just started doing things. I wanted to show them that we were worth helping and saving. I wanted to let them know that we were more than just, I don't know, something. So I started teaching them about us. I started teaching their kids how to play music and stuff like that. And they were really amazed by music. I, I, you know, first time I ever played music in front of them before, they just stared at me with like their eyes wide open. They had no, like, they had like a form of music, but this, the whole harmony and the melody of, of our music and stuff like that, all ETs like love it. They like, and they don't, they like fascinate them, like more than like I can explain, but uh, they really enjoy that. And uh, yeah, and I just became a teacher after a while. Most of them, when they're on their home world, they're at, at their, fine with just studying all day and it was boring to me they would be on their smart glass pads and studying and stuff like that that's all they would do and i started kind of like us on our phones all day <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's all they would do and it was boring and uh i i uh i i started having stuff made for me that they have like almost like printers like 3d printers they can make things but they're really advanced and i started doing things like bow fishing because there's so much fish I was looking up stuff to do, you know, from Earth. Like, what do people on Earth like to do? And I was looking up all these hobbies. I started this regular pole fishing because there's fish everywhere. And uh, I started teaching the others how to do it. And then I, I thought, well, they enjoy that. So I'll try teaching them some other stuff. And I started teaching them baseball. And they liked nice. that. And we started having baseball games and stuff like that. And uh, I remember I started smoking fish. And I would wrap it in leaves so that way they could just eat it and they could just throw the leaf away and it wouldn't be like a litter or anything like that. So I started smoking fish and I, I would have a, I had a bunch of kids by this time and I would have them like go up and down like the, the stands. We had stands made and stands built. We had like a little baseball field and they would uh, give them smoked fish and uh, while, while they were watching the game. And then, um, hey, listen, man. Wow, I would, uh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing baseball on the yeah, yeah. World well, I want them, I want them to let them know like we were worth more than just whatever they thought they were. You know, what I mean, they were amazed by the music. So I thought like, well, if I get them more engrossed into our culture, you know, they'll think we're worth saving. Oh. You know, what I mean, rather than just being, I don't know, some sort of alien beings. The dogs oh, are yeah. very um, prevalent yeah. on this episode. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Hey guys. Hopefully the listeners don't mind too much. Sorry guys. Uh just part of life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part yep. of being a <laughs> you know this isn't scripted or staged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a dog's barking. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean uh and eventually I started teaching them like uh football and stuff like we started playing football and it was only the warrior cast that would play. And we had like a stand for that. And it was only one game and we, we, we played a game and it was just like a little scrimmage we had. And then uh, I remember um, the XO, he said, um, it's time to go. And he said that to me and he was always there. And I, I said, go where? He said, go home. And I, I said, uh, I said, well, I'm not going. Like I didn't want to go. I said, I'm not going home. And uh, they, uh, I don't know. I just had this, this attitude of not going. And, um, uh, well, before this, I, I have to explain. They made me, 
they were doing something. They wanted to try to keep me alive, but they also wanted to, because the Aquino would, would kill me no matter what, but they wanted to try to keep me alive. And they also wanted to try to, I guess, start a, uh, a war kind of thing. Like uh, initiate a war, but have allies on their side. And it's it's weird. With ETs, it's just like with us. They, they follow contracts. They follow like rules of war and engagement. Because, you know, your word is your bond, and they don't want to break that bond. And um, they have a strong sense of that. And um, so they made me their king for like four months. And, uh, and it was just for the fact they were, they well, they wanted my genetics. They, I remember I had, I had uh, 200 princesses at the time and the queen. I remember I asked the queen, I was like, why do I have to sleep with so many women? And she said, to ensure the survival of your lineage. And I remember the XO said, they liked me so much because I could speak to the children and they couldn't do that. And the, the, the kids spoke a type of pig Latin where it was almost like baby talk, where it was like, it was, but a few words here and there was like, 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 I don't know, like, and then we went to the, and then over to the, and it was just like <laughs> mumbling yeah. and the adults couldn't understand it, but the kids would outgrow it at around like six years old where they wouldn't be able to do it anymore. But it was like when they were young children, they could just speak like this pig Latin and none of the adults could do it, but I could talk to them. And they, they were like more amazed by that than anything else about me. And uh, I remember the XO told me that less than like 2% of the population of Earth is genetically compatible enough to have kids with them. And so, so that was something else. And yeah, so eventually the XO, he said that, um, I have to, you know, you have to go home. And then I, I told, uh, I remember Asfaru uh, said, uh, they're going to try to get you into a chair. Don't do it. Don't go into the chair. And I said, uh, what do you mean? I said, don't go into the chair. She goes, well, the first time you have no choice, you're going to have to go. Uh, but the second time you have a choice, don't go in. And uh, I remember I talked to a um, leader, his son and my daughter got married. And um, I guess she, she was still bonding with the baby, I thought. But uh, I think they were like holding it from me or hiding it from me or something like that. And um, I remember I saw his uh, leader's son and he kind of like pointed over to me and I saw my daughter and she was like wearing like a veil, like a white veil, or, like a, a white dress. And she had the baby with her and uh, she uh, let me hold him. So she was like through her bonding. And I kind of looked at her like, you know, why did you do this? Like, why did you make me wait? I could have like spent, you know, weeks with my grandson instead of, you know, just now just seeing it. And uh, she looked up at me and she said, remember. And then I looked down at the, and my grandson, I said, I'll remember. I think that's why I remember so much. Like I said, they could do things like that. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You, you know, um, some of you guys have heard me talk about my friend Larry, who uh, claimed he was recruited to go to Mars, and he actually tried to get me to go with him. Uh, that's one thing he told me that I've never shared, is he told me that um, they told him that he was going to have multiple wives. And I, I didn't, that was the most insane part of it all to where I almost didn't believe him. And, and then now hearing you tell the story as far as, you know, I, I don't know what they had in store for him, but uh, when you, when I hear you tell the story now, it makes me wonder if there was actually something to what he was telling me. I don't know. Sounds yeah. Insane. 
and and something else before this I, i'm sorry i'm bouncing around it's only the second time i've told the story but um we actually I, I, we actually went like on a mission i was i wanted to be, be, be uh going with a leader's wife i wanted to uh her she became my queen eventually like my my main wife they call me your queen when you have more than one wife they call your main wife your queen and uh we went actually into the uh, same exact um, base that I came out of because I was, you know, asking the king to help us to get to get, you know, these kids out of these out of these uh, underground bases. Like, you know, why don't you help us? I knew about it was happening. And um, so eventually we were given permission to do it. We, I had two warrior casts and I had her and she refused to wear any kind of suit or armor or anything like that. And I asked her why. She said you just wouldn't do it. She would only wear that regular blue suit. And um, there was a, a man and a woman I saw. And uh, I, saw, I saw the cages. And that really angered me. I remember that. And I, uh, we heard uh, people talking. And we went to the back corner. And it was very dark because it was a cave. And uh, they were talking about, like, what we should do. Who should we take out first and stuff like that. And I rolled, like, a they have, like, these concussion grenades that can just wound. And I rolled one at them. And it just knocked them down. And I pushed the man over, like I kicked him over on his uh, back and he was laughing. And I said, uh, I said, you do this to my, ch uh, my children, wouldn't you? And he said, yes. And I said, uh, sorry, I said, uh, and I pointed back at them and I said, you do this to their children too, wouldn't you? And he laughed and he said, yes. And I said, uh, so then I, I just shot him. You <laughs> didn't say anything. You just shot him. Yeah. And then uh, the woman uh, was trying to get away, and she would crawl back. Now, where where was this taking place? So you were on their home planet. I was back on. I was back in Nuki. I was back in Saint Morgan at the same exact base. They brought me there. This is like the way like warfare, ET warfare is like a lot of like cat and mouse kind of uh, time travel. They use time travel a lot for their, their warfare. It's just the way it works. But uh, they uh, yeah, and. She said, open the cage. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> she said, open the cages. And uh, we just, we opened them all up. And somehow she just like held her, her, her arms out. And all the kids just came to her. Like all these feral kids that have like never seen anybody or anything like that before. They all just came to her. And uh they held onto her legs and her arms and stuff like that. And I, I never saw anything like that. And they, even if they couldn't hold her, they held onto each other. And um, I'm just petting my dog. But uh, so, so they took yeah. you off their home planet to come back to Earth to for this mission to save these kids. Yeah. And then what happens? What, what happened to the, the children after that? Well, yeah, we, we got we got more. And the whole time, like they were yelling, like, uh, you know, it's the king, it's the king. The people were yelling that. And I, I didn't know at the time, like, why they're doing that. And uh, we brought them all back to their home world. And they went through like a type of healing. They were just, they needed to be, they, that's what they call it. You need healing. They need healing. And we brought them back for that. And uh, I didn't really keep track of the kids after that. That wasn't up to me, but um. Yeah, so then now I'm back and I, I gotta go, gotta go home. And they eventually bring me back home. And I remember I was very, uh, 
I was yelling, you know, I was punching the the wall and I was yelling, please don't take my babies from me and stuff like that. And I was upset and I broke my hand. And I remember we got out of the ship, we, we landed on the moon, we got into a portal. When we we're back in uh, the underground base, you know, you take a port, you land on the moon, you take a portal back to the underground base. And uh, um, they were, that, that same first class of the mustache was there and he said real condescendingly, oh, look at that, you broke your hand. And I remember the XO said, leave him alone. If I had 10 men like him, this war would be over by now. And uh, I remember they shaved my head with just some clippers and then uh, shaved my beard. I had a beard with, you know, with just the, uh, the guard, with no guard or anything like that. And uh, they put me back in the density chamber and they brought me back down to third density. And then I remember being like drug. And like one thing I remember when I woke up when my uniform was on the ground and stuff like that was uh, the tops of my feet were dirty. Like I was drugged, you know, and I was being drugged on the top of my feet. And my hair was burnt and singed. And uh, my chest hair was burnt and singed. And I had like a real thick beard. And I couldn't figure out why. Like stubble. I had thick stubble the next day. And, uh, and my picking nails were long. And I couldn't figure that out either. Because I hadn't played in a while. And uh, um, <laughs> so you, you just remember uh, when you woke back up, you're talking about when you woke back up, so you, all the stuff was different about you. Your nails are longer, but you didn't, you didn't know why. But... I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. And okay. my hair, I just got like a regular haircut, but it looked like a little kid cut my hair with just a guard, you know, it's just a blade guard and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, I remember them, you know, shaving all my hair off like that and everything else. And um, I was being drugged. And that's when they drugged me to those cages I told you about where the little kids were in them. And she said, I'm tired. Let's put them down. And uh, then they drugged me into the room. And then um, I remember uh, they tied me to like a rack, like a torture rack. It's a straight up regular old torture rack. And I was naked. And um, I saw like a red hooded figure like come by and he gouged my eyes out right away. And then they threw me in the healing tank. They wanted to be real fast, not no med bed or anything like that. They just threw me into a healing tank right away and then uh, disemboweled me. And I remember like he came by and he pricked open my stomach and they came out my intestines and he strangled me with them. And then um, he, uh, me in a healing tank and they had to send a drone in to like put my guts back in properly because they weren't growing in properly and they were he kept on pushing it and it was sticking and like the skin was healing over it and it really hurt and he was, he was just adjusting it and doing it and i was trying to push him away and the goon the big guy just grabbed my arms and put them over my head while i was like pushing it back in as they, my skin healed over and uh i remember like all of a sudden this red hooded figure came up to me and it looked like a black snake, like a, like a, like a black racer real, but like coming out of like a like a human torso. And he said like, do you remember me Daryl or something like that? Do you remember me? And I was like, what? And I didn't know what was happening. I still had like amnesia from the, uh, it gives you like temporary amnesia going into third density. And that, uh, why, why would they torture you like this? Like, what's the purpose of that before bringing you back? 
so you don't remember or what? Well, no, well, no. When I came back for poking that reptile in the eye, oh, okay. punishment. Because if, you know, a, a human having the nerve to dare touch like a reptile, they kind of have they they see us as just the lowest like form of scum, like in the universe. They they see us as nothing. And for doing that, for being scared and not knowing what was happening and poking that one in the eye, they were just going to basically torture me to death just for that alone. And uh, all of a sudden, yeah, like this black racer kind of figure came up. It looked like a snake coming out of like a humanoid body. And he, he had a red hood on, a red cloak. He said, you remember me? And I, I said, no, I was like confused. And then it kind of did this thing where it kind of walked back a little bit. And then Aquino was right there. And I think that's like where my theory of like the whole David Icke thing with reptilian shapeshifters and stuff. It's almost like a trick. Like he was blending two images together while he kind of like waddled into the back into the shadows while Kino kind of stepped forward and it made it kind of look like it was happening like in a sh like melding together. But then I just looked past like a, like you know the body of Aquino, the the avatar, the meat puppet, whatever you want to call it. And I looked at the reptile. I said, "Nice trick." And it came out of the shadows and it said, yes, well, it worked on most. And he, told, he yelled at Aquino to sit down and it just sat down. And yeah, man, I mean, they tortured me for two days. I, I missed Saturday. I was, I, I left on Friday. I missed Saturday. I didn't wake up till Sunday. So, you know, an entire, like, you know, and plus, uh, whenever I first got into the program, I remember that first class said, just sign the papers because you're already back there, you know? when I was contemplating on whether or not to sign the plate papers to join the 20 year back, he said, you're already back there. You already did it. So you're already back there. So just sign the papers. So I must, I guess you come back a little bit earlier so they can, you know, what's the purpose of having you sign the papers if they're just going to do it? They I have no idea. You know, like I said, well, contracts are big with ETs. It's like, no, I don't know. I don't understand it either, but a deal's a deal type of thing. They have that mentality of a deal's a deal. I don't know. So then you will you woke up from all this and the guy's like you made it 20 years is a long time <laughs> yeah 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 and i yeah i woke up from being yeah you know, messed up and i he, he uh like i said he put me over like a burning like kind of like cauldron type thing and like burn me alive and that's why i had the singed hair and like singed chest hair and all this other stuff and uh yeah that happened and then yeah i talked to the xo and before getting out and he just kept on saying you need to go back to the chair he's like you can't do this this is gonna, you know, your life's gonna be really hard, you know, and if you, if you, if you, if you don't get your mind erased, you don't get your mind wiped. I'm surprised he yeah. gave you an option. Well, and this, and, and another thing was he, uh, I told him about the kid. I saw, I said, I saw the kids. I remember that. I remember seeing the kids and I, I said, how can you, he, he said, they know I won't do it, but you know, I have to put up with it. And I said, you know, why? He said, they'll hurt my daughter. And I said, how do you live with yourself? You know, I just, I was having, I got so angry. I, I just remembered seeing that. And I, I said, how do you live with yourself? I said, don't you ever think about killing yourself? He said, every night. I said, how would you do it? He said, 45 in the mouth. And uh, yeah, and he told me about all this stuff and I refused to go. And then like that Friday, they did the same thing with like the 5G and they, uh, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And uh, I said, uh, I just heard a voice come up, come into my room all of a sudden. It was like 11 o'clock at night and I heard a voice and it was him. And he said, Daryl, you have to go back into the chair. He's like, everything we talked about before, I'll do it. You know, I was, he's talking about all the ways he could improve me, make me stronger, make me faster, do all this stuff like, you know, using med beds and stuff like that. And uh, 
he said everything we talked about before you know i'll i'll do it but you know you have to go you have to come back you have to come back to the chair and i said uh you know i, I sat up in bed and i he, he had to partake in the part of the torture when i was tortured they it was just something they made him do and i don't know cut me open and wow and uh cut open you know my whole side and they cut like the top part of my stomach open and uh he was forced to like him and the co did it but the co when he did it he seemed like he kind of enjoyed it because he didn't like me he said uh not so high and mighty now are you and he did it and then the exo did it and then aquino reached inside my stomach and with his sharp nails he scratched it and i guess because there's so many nerves in your stomach it made me like kind of thrash back and forth and it was something that they, they mm. commonly do it was it was almost like I, I was like resisting, resisting, and it, then it just became like almost like a knee-jerk reaction where it was just like he was scratching the inside of my stomach over and oh, over again, what and it made me like thrash back and forth. And uh, well, no wonder he wanted you to sit in that chair because he, he probably wasn't proud of doing yeah, that. Yeah, that was another thing I didn't remember at the time when he was talking to me in the office, and he said you're going to remember like because he was looking down my timeline too as well, which is like something that uh, fifth density can do. It's almost like telling your future. He could tell that I was going to be able to remember eventually. And uh, he, I, I, I said, I remember what you did to me now. And uh, I told him, and he said, I'm sorry. They, they hurt my daughter. And I said, I don't trust you. And he's like, well, they made me do that. So you wouldn't trust me and stuff like that. You know, I said, I'm not going back. And I just threw the covers over my head. And he just kept on going for like 30 seconds. He just kept on pleading with me. And I just threw my covers off and I, I said, uh, uh, may, may God, may God let you die with blood in your mouth over the 45 thing. I just wanted him away from me. And he said, please don't say that. And I said it again. And, uh, he started, he talked to me for like another 30 seconds. I threw the pillow over my head and he kept on talking to me and then he just eventually went away and I left England and I got processed out in Virginia and now I'm here today. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. And and how how old are you now? I'm 43 right now. 43? Yeah. Wow. That um I can't even imagine what it's like to live with those memories, honestly. Uh and and from what you understand there's you you might even be getting more memories back. Yeah, because I'm still not out of it yet. I remember I said I said I still have a year left when they come to get when they came to get I said I still have a year left because I guess they maybe they took me a year early because they thought I'd run or something or they because the whole time he was always talking about if I ever joked or anything like that well maybe I should just stay here he said Daryl don't say that they'll hurt my daughter they'll make me they'll make my daughter pay for what you did he would say things like that all the time and I guess that's what they do the reptiles if, if you don't do what they tell you to they'll hurt your family wow. <sighs> So as far as your like day to day life now, do you when when you do get a memory back, what is that? What is that like? Is it just like a random? Does it randomly happen? Does it happen during dream state? Does something trigger it? It's almost like I had a <clears throat> I had a dream about something, and then I'm in the morning and I'm making my morning morning coffee, and it's almost like oh yeah, and then that happened, you know, and then I'm making like my breakfast, and oh yeah, then that happened. So yeah, it is like a morning thing. It's almost like I just had a dream and then it's just like, and then, you know, the events are happening. And usually when you do create memories, at least when I do, it's maybe something bigger in your life, like a new accomplishment. 
So it can maybe take days, you know what I mean? It can be maybe take several days as it's happening. But yeah, it happens in real time, but it, sometimes it'll happen, it'll take days to happen. To recover like an entire memory. Wow. Kind of reminds me of um, stuff that I go through. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I, I have I, yeah. I, I have memories or experiences that I can't explain sometimes. And uh, it happens exactly like that. I'll be like, just in the middle of the day, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this happened you know um so yeah this has been incredible man if there's if there's anything else you feel like you want to share before we start wrapping this up well i did this the last one but this is kind of like why i'm doing this so i'm just going to say it again like i said uh, robert told me that when you get your eagles that you you know you know about the kids in the underground bases and you know about you know the secret space program you know about these things so, I mean, if you have relatives, if you have a father or something like that, he, unless this guy was fibbing to me, they know. And uh, I'm just saying, you know, I didn't sign anything. And, you know, I know I signed papers, or whatever, the non-disclosure, but I wasn't told to do this and I wasn't given permission to do this or anything else. But I also didn't sign up, you know, to be a part of a base that would do that to kids, you know, that would do that. I mean, I think that's just whatever I sign doesn't matter to me is basically what I'm saying because of that. And, um, I also didn't, you know, sign up to be tortured by who I thought were my own people, people, army, you know, Navy, Royal air force, British army, you know, I also didn't sign up for that. So, I mean, all I'm trying to say is, is I'm doing things like this as far as I'm concerned is like a confession of what I know. And, uh, I mean, if you're a captain or a colonel or an admiral or a general, then as far as I've been telling, you know about this stuff. And I think the best thing you can do is just come forward and let others know and just confess, you know, uh, just die with a clean conscience. Don't just die like knowing all this stuff, this horrible things that happen. And that's just, you know, I know people just don't can't accept this. I never would accept this either as far as just how cruel other beings, humans, whatever you want to call it can be. But I mean, people are this cruel and these things happen and this is real. And I experienced this and this happened to me. Yeah. And I just want to tell everybody that if you know this, you know, I don't know, you know, just well, it'll don't it'll, die unclean, you know, die clean. You know, that's yeah. all I got to say. It, it'll help. Absolutely. It would help with the confusion because, um, the skeptics that won't believe a word that you said because they can't even get past the technology part of it of even being capable of doing something like this and uh there's a lot of people even within this movement within this community um who don't believe in this stuff still it's 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 very uh it's like uncharted territory for a lot of people so if more people credible people come forward and share this stuff i think it will help it will help kind of give some validity to these guys who, like yourself who are, you know, putting their neck out there, putting your life on the line. You don't know what consequences can come from sharing all this stuff and you're willing to do it. And that's, you know, that's admirable. Uh, so, and I think we're going through a time right now where it, we are being protected somehow, some way. I, I don't think it's like the whistleblowers in like, let's say the early two thousands or people when people will come forward. Um, you're almost certainly hear about somebody getting killed, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the case so much anymore. So 
I, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have come forward unless I thought that, you know, I want to live. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't come forward unless I thought it was the right time. I think it's the right time now. I think, I think yeah. things are happening. I think a lot of these things we were talking about before are going to happen this year. I think we're going to see more and more. I think it's going to start snowballing. I think they're going to get, they're, they're, they're still denying it. They're still denying it. And like Robert told me, they're going to get to a point where they just can't deny it. And yeah. Yeah. Happen. I think that's what's happening right now. It is happening. It is what's happening. Because mm-hmm. I don't watch the news, but um, the times that I catch it on, even at a restaurant or in the airport, like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't think people believe this stuff anymore. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, you, you have to be able to see right through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like their game is coming to an end and mm-hmm. yeah like you said they're not going to be able to keep suppressing it you know they're going to try i love your analogy with the, the, the chess game right they both know the, the outcome but the loser is just going to make it as hard as possible all they can do is delay yeah, yeah. that's what they've been doing mm-hmm. but they can't yeah. stop it yeah yeah it's inevitable wow well, this has been this has been incredible, man. Thank you so much for thank coming on. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, and, and thank you uh, yeah. for doing what you're doing. Um, I'm sure you'll be doing more interviews as more memories come back. Um, people, you said people have already been reaching out to you. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm taking a break. I, I've done two, like two almost in a row right now, and it, it is almost like psychotherapy. It's you know, it's it's hard. I have yeah. dreams and stuff, so it's it's hard to talk about. I'm going to take like a, a week or two off, and then I'll, maybe if somebody else wants to do it, I'll, I'll be willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you're going to get a million emails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you you know what you can handle and what you can't. Just take care of yourself first and foremost, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank your dogs for coming on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, guys. Um, oh, do you have, I mean, I don't know if you have any, um, do you want to put out your contact information or or not? Yeah, yeah, sure. I have like a email I can give you guys. It's one I don't really use, so. So, so you're not gonna check it. <laughs> you can have it. Well, I, yeah, you yeah, can email yeah. me. It's sure. not gonna. Well, well, I'll, I'll check it, but it's not like my normal one. You know, it's not like my my normal email. It's uh oh geez, I hardly use it. Um, sorry about that. It's the Nimitz one. Oh. Nimitz. Okay uh ssp Nimitz. Uh, at gmail.com yeah n-i-m-i-t-z-s-s-p at gmail.com yes like the uss nimitz that was the name of the ship i was on too by the way that was something else he told me that i had to write down i remember that because i said isn't it bad luck to name two ships after one name you know navy's kind of superstitious and just kind of shrugged his shoulders but yeah the ship i was on was called the nimitz really the dark fleet ship I'm sorry. The Dark Fleet ship? No, no, the uh, the the, uh, the Solar Warden, four kilometer long starship was called oh. the Nimitz. Yeah. Did we get to that part of the story? We didn't, but I was kind of, <laughs> you know, oh, I, I was kind of folding it down. Yeah, kind of compacting it. Yeah. Sure. Um, and well, when you were on that ship, just for curiosity, for my own curiosity, were you with Dark Fleet on that ship, or was that with? Solar that was so, no sorry that was solar yeah. warden and like yeah Forgive solar me, yeah. warden is it, it, it may have been owned or whatever by by black hats or things i heard but it's when i was on it we were just we were like shooting down grays and reptiles i remember that really so i mean I, it, it seemed like it, it came under more tigetan control when i was on it. it became more of like a joint task force and became less of just like a corporation 
Really? That gives anybody hope out there. I mean, I think it's going to, you know what I mean? I, I, I have high hopes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then, well, Solar Warden is Navy, right? So that's. Yeah, Solar Warden is Navy, yeah. Because apparently. But it was like what, owned by Lockheed Martin and a bunch of those guys. What we've first. heard is the uh, the White Hats or the Alliance are like the Navy is more under their control and mm-hmm. like the Air Force is more under the cabal control. Air Force. Supposedly. Air Force is directly tied with To the Stars Academy. Yeah, which explains a lot. Yeah. Actually. Um, yeah. Which have ties to the Rockefellers and which the, is the cabal. Yeah. 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 Or um, the deep state, whatever you want to call them. So you were on a four kilometer ship with Solar Warden for how many years then? Well, on and off, that was about, she said the rest of the time I was there. So that was about 17 years. Cause like I said, it, they, they got me back a year early. So oh, okay. I thought it was going to run or something. That that makes a lot more sense because I was wondering how long you spent on that home planet, and, and well, I was it was it, back and forth, yeah. It didn't make sense. To, I was going to ask you that question, like because your te- your testimony is so different from other guys. If you just went and lived on another home planet, why would they recruit you if that's all you were going to do? But it, it makes sense now that you were part of that as well. Okay. And I remember whenever Robert came one time and he was age regressed and his hair was almost solid black. And I was there for probably almost 10 years for a while at one time. And he looked at me and I said, sir, you, you look so much younger. Your hair's dark. He goes, he looked at me. He said, you haven't aged a bit. So that's what he, one of the things he told me whenever I, uh, before I left the Navy is you age just like them. And he said that he told me that they lived 3000 years. That was another thing. I get. Wow. Wow. And you age just like them. Time. He said, you look, you look the way you do right now. When you were, you left, I was 27. He said, you look just like you do right now. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I believe that if you look at our ancient writings, even the Bible, mm-hmm. like how yeah. the lifespan of these people, years. yeah, clearly yeah. is. And I asked him, like, am I going to age like that in the future? He said, no. I said, why not? And he said, he said they poison our water, they poison our air, they poison our food. They do. They poison us like constantly just to yep. cause us to age prematurely. Like everything they, all these poisons, they injections, you know, vaccines, yeah, vaccines, yeah. All this stuff is. This just to make you live <laughs> said the word. Yeah. Oh, we're supposed shit. to live a lot longer than we are yeah. oh yeah i believe that well we've been genetically altered i've heard to to live not as long yeah yeah yeah, that. yeah well um but with wh- the you know the ascension or whatever you want to call it um that is all changing i believe something yeah. something yeah. you told me I, th- I know we were going to wrap this up, but this is actually a question I wanted to ask you um, based on what I heard you tell James, as far as they put a tech on you to to make you age rapidly, like a five-year-old to a 20-year-old uh, in like a matter of months. Is this, no, did when, I misunderstand when you, that? When they hit puberty around 11 years old, and okay. it's a way to, to bypass puberty, they let them, they let them live like normal childhood, the, the, the Tigetans. But then once they get to be 11, they're considered like adults. And then they put tech in them. And the, the females, they became adults in about five, four or five months. And the men, the men become adults, you know, fully grown adults in about, you know, nine, 10 months. So like, the, you know, with the women, it's about 20 years old, they stop. And with the men, it's about 27. So it's about the same as us, like their peak, you know, they, they stop like, right, they stop aging at their peak, which is about 20 for women and about 27 for men. So when they're 2000 years old, they still look like they're 27. 
Yeah, it, it, around 2000 is whenever they start growing again. That's something else I forgot to say, that their bones begin to grow again. And they'll get very tall. Like, I remember Elder, even uh, Mother was about seven feet tall, and she was a, a woman. And uh, Elder was about 14 and a half feet tall. He was very old. And then they lived to about 3,000 years. Yeah, but then they also have age regression as well. So they can live longer than that. I wonder how many of the wow. elites on this planet um, and actors even celebrities are age regressing mm-hmm. or well, sure. that was another thing he told me he said i said uh well why do they have to do the adrenochrome he said it helps them live longer and it helps them you know get they get high and he talked told, talked about how the uh the withdrawal was so strong it can actually kill you and i said well, why don't they do the disc age regress like us he said they're not considered important enough and i said well i, I kind of mm-hmm. like laughed i said we're more important than them he said yes really interesting yeah that's why they do the adrenochrome and stuff is a big part of it is to live longer because it's just like i said once they once they hit uh puberty that they kill them so because they don't have as many stem cells uh, the the kids and they, they use this for so that's what they're they want more than anything else is the stem cells and they try to get their blood type so they can inject it it's better that way but it's so rare that you can't always get your blood type so then they, they'll just drink it but they try to inject it wow wow <laughs> I know the movie Jupiter Ascending uh, is kind of like it's just they don't they don't use the word adrenochrome, but they have another um, I, I forgot what word they even use for it, but they explain how it's harvested from from humans and and it's like the most sought after thing in the galaxy and it's traded uh, from planet to planet and that's like the whole basis of that movie and uh, there's a lot of disclosure in that movie as far as uh, the adrenochrome and the reptilians reptilians they, like, yeah they might not look exactly like they're in that movie but they're yeah reptilians yeah well, he true. brought up fear and loathing in las vegas right away when he was breaking the news to me about adrenochrome he said Did you see that movie fear and loathing in las vegas and I said, yeah he's like, that's what those kids are meant for they're meant for it that's where they get the adrenochrome from he said wow, wow. and he also said yeah movies are used like that as like a a form of a uh, plausible deniability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll add little tidbits of truth in movies on purpose and they'll do that on purpose. So if somebody tries to bring it up, like, oh, you got that. From you got movie. that from. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah. And video yeah. game, video games too, like, like Kruger uh, and that, video that, games. <clears throat> mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And we've had people comment like, this guy's literally just he's getting it from, he's getting it video from a video game. It's and like, like, no, the video game was yeah. disclosing stuff. Um, Solar like, Warden, too. That was from that NASA leak that we were talking about earlier. And they're starting yeah. a computer game now called Solar Warden. They're in the, you know, the, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to get funding for it right now. Yeah, interesting. And um, like that, one, there was one guy on his deathbed who showed a photo of an ET. I think I remember hearing David Wilcock talk I, about I this that, years yeah. ago. But he showed a photo of an ET, and like in no time, uh, it, it went viral. Like everybody saw this ET, and in no time, there was a toy put out in stores, like within like a week or two, like immediately, uh, a toy that looked exactly like the ET in the photo. And they're like, oh no, he was just showing a photo of this toy. Yeah. I mean, they do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I saw that too, and I think it had the fold of skin, and that was something I remember from what's like tear ducts to like cheekbones. It had like this little fold of skin. That very first one I saw, that little drone, and I think that was like, and it was like a khaki color like that with the big black eyes. It looked Mm -hmm. pretty much like that, and I remember, but I remember looking at it and seeing that fold of skin going down its face. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. 
Uh, I just, um, we've, I've been like on this disclosure movie kick lately. I, I, I hardly ever used to watch movies, but now I'm lo- like looking to see what I can find. And there's this movie uh, that just it came out in 2020 called Alpha Code. And it says based on true events. And it's about this like um, officer in a secret space program who's after this woman who has been used uh, for the hybrid program. And, and, and they talk, it's just like disclosing everything. And, and they teach this guy like um, how to meditate and connect with his higher self so he can connect with the ETs. And it just blows my mind the amount of disclosure and it's a terrible movie <laughs> like the acting is the acting is horrible but the disclosure in it is worth the watch called alpha code and uh yeah I'm to watch it. yeah it's just uh it's everywhere it's everywhere you look if you know what to look for it's anything sci-fi too is just <clears throat> it's all disclosure basically mm-hmm. that's what i've realized yeah i yeah. think so i mean and yeah, then, man, that, this was a captain of the navy told me that yeah they they do that for plausible deniability. That's what he called it. Yeah. Well, that's where they get the, all this stuff. Cause you know, people think they're just making this stuff up and they're being very creative, but a lot of it, they're literally just getting the real information and putting it in movies and shows like star Wars and star Trek. Star Wars is basically solar world is what I've heard. Um, like a disclosure of that. The dogs, the dogs star, agree. Star, yeah. What did I say? Star Wars? No, Star Trek is is basically Solar Warden, is what I've heard. And then Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I mean, it, it was set up similar to that too. It was like, you know, I was almost like, what is that, Sulu? And the other guy was like Chekhov. You know what I mean? We're like, we sat down next to each other, and we would. And it was, it was, it was good that we were telepathically linked because instead of just, you know, being able to talk to each other, it was almost like we were the same mind. We kind of went back and forth as we worked. So it was different like that. Really? We didn't even have to talk to each other. Now, did your, um, uh, so you said it was the Battlestar Galactica ship. I've heard that some of the, the, the ships in Dark Fleet look like the Star Destroyers um, from Star Wars. They, mm-hmm. Well, this was Solar Warden. Yeah. It looked like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Dark Fleet ships, they were smaller. And I don't remember getting a good look of one outside. I got the, I got a good look at one of this one because it was I think I, the, the smaller ships can actually land on the world and stuff like that, but you know the four kilometer long ones you just have to take smaller craft back and forth. And I remember one time we were you know just like you would off of aircraft carrier you would take smaller boats because you can't dock them because they're so big. And I remember like looking back and seeing the ship and it looked pretty much just like that like a like a Battlestar Galactica it had like the buttresses and you know like propulsion system and all this other stuff and. It was a very dark, like haze gray, almost black. It was like a very dark gray. Really? Mm-hmm. And so I just, it makes me wonder how they hide all this stuff. Is all this stuff just cloaked? Like you, like astronomers won't see it with a, with a, t- a telescope. I mean. So- yeah. Yeah. This, it's just all cloaked. All this is cloaked. Yeah. And plus it's just, I don't know. You talk about everything, just not the ships, but just everything, ETs in general. I mean, people all constantly always talk about how they see things, but people just blow it off. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just the nature of human beings. We'll see ships. <laughs> yeah, uh, I see. We'll see them power up. And I mean, they're there. If you're looking, they're there. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're there all the time. But how many people are actually looking up? And they won't yeah. just be there. Sometimes it'll catch my eye. Sometimes I go lay on my roof for a couple hours and, and I'll see something eventually, you know. You caught one during the day. Yeah. The day. Yeah. yeah. That one didn't show very well on film. On cha- we uploaded to our channel. Didn't sh- 
show up when we uploaded it. Yeah, I never even did talk that about well. that. I might as well say something about it now. Um, I saw this. People were complaining in the comments because the video sucked, and it even sucked even worse once I uploaded it to YouTube because it just sucked the quality out of it. And you could barely, yeah, only see it when it like got brighter yeah. a couple times. I could see this thing clear as day with my naked eye, and. I was walking the dogs and something just told me to look up and there's this tiny dot in the sky. I was like, what is that? And I was waiting for it to move. I was waiting for it to be a plane or a hell or something. And I watched this thing and I just watched this thing. And it was like, it would like, like get brighter and, and smaller and it was moving very slow and eventually just disappeared. It was there long enough for me to get on film somewhat, but it, it, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was, uh, they're there. I don't know if it was just specifically for me or what. What is that ranch in the West where they have like a, a Isetti? UFO? Huh? Isetti? Isetti? Is that? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've been there we're, and we're going there, there again this yeah. year for the conference. Yeah, we, we love Isetti. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's everywhere. There's just stuff everywhere. Every, there, yeah. every day, every night, you will see. You just look up, you'll see. It, it's like the veil. It's like the veil is thinner. The veil there. is thinner there because of the mountain is a massive vortex, Mount Adams. And uh, it creates this, yeah, basically like um, some kind of like magnetic anomaly that makes the veils thinner there. Mm -hmm. So that's why there, there's a ton of activity. And yeah, it's, it's a uh, very sacred, sacred land as well. So we'll be back there in um, July for the conference. There's a conference yeah. coming up there in July. Uh, July. 15th it's the 16th through the 8th. 15th through the 18th 15th through the yeah. 18th um tickets are for sale um if anybody doesn't know go to the website they haven't announced be there, yeah. they haven't announced all the speakers yet but the tickets you can purchase a ticket so james james gilland yeah is the yeah he runs it he's yeah, awesome so i mean it's all coming forward you know they, they can't it, it, hopefully it'll get to a point where they just can't hide it no more and they'll have to just it's getting there yeah, now yeah. now they're trying people to... are going to have to accept it yeah well they're well you see them gearing up to do their own ufo disclosure that's going to be this yeah controlled partial bs complete like limited hangout ridiculously yeah li limited hangout mm -hmm. disclosure that's and, and you notice like they try to say it's a threat like ufos are a threat and it's like you, mm -hmm. they want you to be afraid of it and... yeah yeah this is more control it's, it's all yeah but it's not going to work obviously it's it, we'll get it's there. there we'll get there yeah um all right well i guess now we really will wrap this up yeah <laughs> for the <laughs> yeah. fifth time that we've tried um no it's i mean it's fascinating we can talk about this stuff all day but um we've taken oh, up yeah. enough of your time daryl thank you so much for doing this uh yeah guys I, we hope you enjoy this um if you if you're just catching part two go back and 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 watch part one there's some fascinating stuff and uh yeah can't say enough thank you there yeah thank you so much yeah, sure yeah anytime all right guys thanks for tuning in um don't forget purchase tickets for the sedona conference july 23rd through the 25th familyoflight.info aaron and i will be speaking there uh grab a ticket come hang out with us only 333 bucks for the weekend so um yeah all right, have a great night, guys, and we will catch you next time.